Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch, race fans. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced. White Knuckle Racing just across the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing. All the information you need to know about hours, operation, uh, rules, regulations, getting signed up, getting reservations, getting in. When's the best time uh, if your child can race, if your adult child can race, can all be found at joescarding.com. Dirk, boy, do we have a lot to talk about today. Well, I was going to say going along with Joe's Carding, don't they have uh, their big deal coming up this weekend? Yeah, along with our uh, whole, or our Phoenix, I'm never going to get used to that. Uh, they, as soon as they yeah. change the the location, is when I'm going to start getting used to Phoenix again. But oh, yeah, our, our Phoenix Championship party will be uh, this Sunday, and in the same day, starting at noon, will be the Racing with the Stars uh, charity event over at Joe's Karting. So uh, I wanted to go over there and say hi and just kind of make my presence known. But uh, got a lot to do over at Quaker Steak and Lube to get set up for our contest. So. I won't be over there, but I know that a couple of our contestants that are going to join us late in the uh, race once the are going to be over there because they're going to be hanging out with the Racing with the Stars. So they'll be over there along with uh, James Rowland's going to be over there for a little bit, too. That could prove to be interesting, especially if yeah. they put him behind the wheel. I, as far as I know, they're not letting him drive, <laughs> <laughs> which is which is a very, very. <clears throat> Never mind. Uh, well, <laughs> it would be very entertaining, especially if he came over and had a yeah. whiskey or two before he went over. <laughs> now as far as i know he's going over there to do a special uh roll and race news podcast so great um and then he's going to join us at the uh at the phoenix championship party we're going to be handing out tons of prizes including autographed hero cards from uh, current and former xfinity series uh truck series champions and um local uh, drivers also which i got to get that list together for the contestants to for the top 16 to reserve their prize before we head over there on Sunday. So uh, I think we're going to start that at 1230. And I think the race starts at two o'clock. So you got a little bit of time to get set up. And before the green flag drops is uh, your, your opportunity to get into those cash pools, which we'll have once again, along with the Quaker Steak and Lube, $100 to win. Pick the winner prize. Boy, where should we start? Uh, <laughs> no, I think we started in the right spot. We got this weekend covered. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think we really need to go through the um, results from Martinsville other than just to talk about what happened at the end of the race. Uh, let's just go ahead and jump into that. Uh, Denny Hamlin, a little perturbed with Alex Bowman after uh, Bowman moved Hamlin and won the race. And um, I think that is a clear example of driver memories can be oh so long yet oh so short. <laughs> <laughs> driver's memories um when it happens to them the memory is long when <laughs> they're the happener the memory does not exist yeah and there's plenty of videos out there of denny talking about 
you know, he's just a hack. He couldn't race me clean as they're showing clips of Denny moving Chase Elliott out of the way, nearly the same way uh, yeah. to win the race a few years ago in the same race, right? That was, that was an elimination race, wasn't it? Um, no, I don't think it was an, elimin- yeah, an elimination race because I don't think that uh, um, Chase was in the playoffs, but it was going to be Chase's first win at that time. He hadn't won yeah. yet. Yeah, I, I get it. Denny's frustrated. I think Denny has absolutely every right to be frustrated uh, that he didn't win that race because he was oh so close and he felt like he had the better car and that he just got taken out, which Denny Hamlin fans, I think they would agree that with their driver that Denny got taken out. But uh, I don't think it's necessarily the right thing to do to attack a driver, call him names and uh, and attack him like that when you've done the exact same thing in your time. Exactly. You know, that's the, you know, don't be a hypocrite. Yeah. And it's funny because it's, it's, I, I, I think I see it a little bit different for drivers that it absolutely is to the T hypocritical. I just, I I think I give Denny a little bit of a pass because uh, especially in the moment of things, maybe if he wouldn't have had a a microphone in front of his face, which I'm, again, I'm a fan of that part too. I I think they should absolutely have microphones in front of their faces, but I I think that maybe a day or two to relax and, and kind of think about it, he, he'd have a different opinion, but Again, that's that's one of the beautiful things about this sport is the emotion that is is worn on the the driver's sleeve as soon as they get out of that car. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think we ought to level the playing field a little bit. And next time a field goal kicker misses a game-winning field goal from thirty yards away, I think somebody needs to run out and shove a microphone in their face. <laughs> Yeah. You know, uh, pitcher gives up a grand slam. Let's let's take time while they're running the bases and let's put a microphone in front of his face. Yeah, you know, let's even the playing field on this thing. That's the part <laughs> I I do not like about NASCAR. I mean, a part of me likes it because I want to know what the guy's thinking right now. Mm-hmm. But the other part of it is is you know that they get them in the middle of their emotion and uh, instead of letting them think about it a little bit and going to a press conference and talking about it because you'll see them a half an hour later at the press conference and they're a totally different person, you know? Um, We've all done that. I mean, I've done stupid things in the heat of the moment. I've said stupid things in the heat of the moment and you know, a day and said stupid things without the heat of the moment. Very true. (laughs) This is very true. I wish you were wrong, but you're not. Uh, so, uh, yeah, in, in the, uh, the fireworks at the end of the race, I mean, uh, what, uh, even, uh, Kyle Bush was a little upset with, uh, uh Brad. Brad, Kis- Brad Kislowski at the end of that race. And, and now because of Kyle's post-race interview, Kyle gets the complete sensitivity training via NASCAR. <laughs> and I think this is his second time, if I'm not mistaken. So is it? <clears throat> I do believe, yeah, I, I think he did some sensitivity training several years ago when he had his one race suspension. Well, did he have to do it after his whole deal at Texas with uh, Sam or with uh, Ron Hornaday? Hornaday. Yeah, I do believe he had to do sensitivity training after that because his interview was a little out of hand, if I remember right. Yeah. And and let's be honest, folks. I I know a lot of people are are bagging on NASCAR for requiring Kyle to go through sensitivity training. Uh, The R word is is a word that that modern society and I'm saying like the last couple of years has decided is not a good word to use. Uh, in fact, I, I shouldn't say last couple of years, probably been the last 10 years that people have said, nah, let's avoid using that word. It's not necessarily well, a, it's a, it's a hateful word and, and it's a word used to describe, to, uh, to diminish somebody. And, and there are people that are out there that 
uh, are suffering from an actual disease and, and they don't appreciate the use of that word. So NASCAR is going to make them go through training and learn to not use that word anymore. Yeah, it's a very derogatory term and I'm guilty as anybody. I know I've used it, yep. you know, and, and I, I mean, I, I, grew up, I grew up when it was damn near part of your vocabulary. You know? Well, it, and you grew up at a time when that was the word used to diagnose the disability. Well, yeah, exactly. And now exactly. they've that's now what they've, I heard in school. What's wrong right. with that kid? Well, he's retarded. Right. Yeah, that's what they told you. Mm-hmm. You know. But you know, and it's it's been a lot longer than eight or ten years. Anybody that's had something, a person, a you know, a child or something like that in their family, whether it be a son or daughter or brother or sister, has always hated that word. Yeah. And I can totally Forever. understand that too. And I, I I try in my life not to use it because it's not necessary. Uh, and, and honestly, I put it in the same bucket as the N-word, which is the whole deal with that Kyle Larson got in trouble for. It's not right. on the level because it's not a racially sensitive term. It's it's not a draw. It's it's not racially sensitive is where it takes that word to the next level. But the well, R-word is it, still a word that upsets a, a portion of our population. And just to be a good human being, don't use it. Well, and I, I think and I take the step, the step further with the N-word and the Kyle Larson deal is... 95 or 98 percent of the people that that offends know what the word means yeah. when you use the r word a lot of the people you're talking about have no idea what it means that's just a hard fact yeah. you know i'm not trying to be cruel or anything like that i'm not dismissing what he did but anybody that's comparing these two as apples to apples is out of their mind now i could use the r word in that description but like <laughs> you I, I prefer to just call them stupid yeah because i think and- that's what they are and that's what he said. Uh, uh, what was his statement? Uh, speaking about Kyle Bush, I think on the or, uh, Brad Keselowski on the final lap said he was trying to do a Harvick is what he was trying to do. And for what? For second place to do what? It wasn't going to he wasn't going to transfer through with that freaking R word is so stupid. I don't understand these guys. Uh, obviously well, frustrated. And again, and then he I, said he was going to go over and beat the crap out of him, but he, didn't, <laughs> he used uh, the regular crap word again. And, this. Kyle's issue with Brad Keselowski is the reason why I love Brad Keselowski. That guy drives, excuse the term, balls to the wall every single lap. And if he can get one more spot, damn it, he's going to try to get it. And God honest, guys, that's that's really kind of the reason why we're sitting in this stage points system is because too many drivers got complacent to say, well, I'm running third. I'm, I'm happy with that. No, NASCAR and the fan base wants you pushing for the next position every single corner and trying to get it. Brad Keselowski is an excellent example of what what NASCAR and I think a lot of fans want their drivers to drive like is get up on the wheel and go get that spot. Well, Brad has said it, I'm not going to say a thousand times, but he said it at least a hundred in interviews. I'm paid to win races. Mm -hmm. You know, if I'm not winning, I still got to go forward. I'm not out there to drive around. I'm not going to go to the back at Talladega and just piddly putt around, you know, and try and save my equipment or save my car. Yeah. I'm out there to win every race I enter. That's what I get paid to do. And I wonder, you you know, Brad, a little bit better than, than most of us do. Is that a reflection of him or a reflection of Penske Motorsports or a combination of both? Uh, that's the way he was raised. His dad, Bob, who was an ARCA champion, and uh when i was in the truck series they owned a truck team that's where i met brad um his dad is just ultra competitive mm-hmm. ultra competitive and uh his brother brian's the same way brian didn't get the breaks that brad got 
Brian was a pretty decent driver, you know, trying to make his way. He, he rode there. He raced the Daytona 500 one year on his own equipment, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I think, did he have a full-time ride or at least a, a substantial partial ride in the truck series for a while? With the family truck. Okay. Yeah, that's the only thing he had a ride in. Uh, he, he raced some, ran some races in the family truck, just like Brad did when, you know, when Brad started running in the truck off and on when he was 18. When, when so Brad had the, them. when Brad had uh, uh, BKR or Brad Kozlowski racing, whatever the abbreviation was, did, uh, did Brian race for him there too? Or, or? he might've got a start or two somewhere because yeah. Brad had two trucks, but I, I don't know for sure. You know, so I, I'm not going to say he did because I don't know. Yeah, I should. I, I mean, right now, up, but... right now, Brian's biggest claim to fame is being engaged in field gin. Oh, that's a <laughs> he is a lucky man. That's a pretty may, good claim to have. He may not have the uh, the racing history that uh, that Brad Kozlowski does or the uh, the career stats, but he's got in field gin. <laughs> 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 and that trumps a lot. Uh, let's stay on Brad Kozlowski. Uh, Fenway Roush Fenway Racing announced earlier this week that Matt McCall was going to be the crew chief for Brad Kozlowski when Brad joined the operation as driver and minority owner in 2022, racing the number six Ford Mustang. So Matt McCall, veteran crew chief, will be uh, helming the uh, the responsibilities. I know it's not something that typically happens, but uh, I guess I wouldn't. I was kind of surprised a little bit that that Paul Wolf wasn't coming along. Uh, but I don't actually, I don't think Paul's been, uh, been, been Brad's crew chief for the last couple of years. Well, he hasn't been for a while and, uh, you don't know what his contracts are with Penske or anything. Yeah. You know, Wolf might be under some extended contract deal and can't go type thing. Mm-hmm. And before yeah. anybody gets all upset because Brad's a minority owner, that just means his stake in the company is smaller. It's less than it doesn't 50%. mean he's a black person or a Mexican or anything <laughs> like that. Nothing to do with the minority as equal to race. Well, some would say he's part horse, but yes, I've heard that. <laughs> <laughs> and I apologize to any horse owners out there that are offended by the comments. Uh, Jeremy Bolins is his crew chief at Penske, and I seem to remember them uh, getting split up. Him and Paul Wolf. Uh, maybe uh, in 2000, at the end of 2019 or 20, I, I can't remember exactly. Yeah, well, it wasn't last year. I know I was going to say it was a couple, 18 or 19, maybe him and Paul got split up. They just got kind of stagnant. Yeah. So That's Penske sweet. did a swap a route. And just, yeah, like you said, just to kind of shake things up just a little bit. So Paul Wolf moved to the number 22 team in 2020. So it was at the end of 2019 that they were split up. Okay. All right. So anyways. Uh, Matt McCall, the crew chief for, uh, Brad Kozlowski when he heads over, um, Matt McCall has worked with, looks like Joe Gibbs racing, uh, excuse me. I'm sorry. Uh, Chip Ganassi racing in the number one team, 97 top tens, 30 top five finishes, including three wins. Most recently in the Atlanta 2021. So, uh, he is definitely a veteran crew chief and has been working with, uh, with Kurt Busch in the last couple of years. And I do believe back in the day. Um, I think when he came up into the cup series, I think he was an engineer with Ganassi. Uh, prior so to joining played- Chip Ganassi racing, McCall served as a lead race engineer on the number 31 cart, Richard Childress racing team okay, the 2014 here. cup series runner up in the final standings in the NASCAR playoffs. So that was when okay. Ryan Newman, that was the first year they did the, uh, the elimination series, I believe. Yeah. I think 14 was yes. Yeah. So, okay. I know he, I knew he'd been somewhere as an engineer. So he was an engineer at RCR. Okay. 
be interesting to see what these guys can do together. I think uh, uh, hopefully Brad can bring some new life and enthusiasm into Roush Fenway and get that organization up and going again. But that's going to be a tough well, road to hoe. Well, the the moves perfectly timed with the new car coming out. Yeah. Everybody, you know, the wheels are different. The tires are different. They can throw their 60 plus years of tire notes out the window. Well, there's not 60 plus because they switched uh, the radials from the bias plan and all that stuff. But I mean, every tire notebook they've got, they can throw away now. They won't. They'll put it in a box somewhere in case NASCAR and their infinite wisdom gets halfway through the year and says, yeah, we're going back to five lug nuts and, you know, and a, uh, high profile tires yeah. with these low profile tires and stuff, you know, all of it's going to be different. You know, you're going to get down to where they used to do quarters and half pounds of air pressure changes in the tires. You're going to get down to eight pounds in these so. low profile. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just cause the profile, I mean, you know, you've, you've been in a car with low profile tires, whether it's a Corvette or whatever. I mean, it, you know, until you get up to a fast speed where the suspension's working, the thing will drive like a lumber truck. Yeah, because there's no flex in the tire. Hmm. I don't know, know if I've ever a... driven one, or at least if I have, I didn't pay attention to how the the feel like that. But I trust you. No, it's it's a fact. I mean, that's. But in racing, it's it's good because you got that feel. You don't have that flex, but because that's you know part of the suspension. That's why they you don't use a half pound or a pound of air. You know, they're moving the suspension. They're working the suspension. Um, it's not going to be that prominent with that low low profile tire. Right. And it, it makes sense. You've got more rubber there for give that it's essentially moving around a little bit more than when you've got less that I, I imagine those low profile tires are going to be a little more rigid. Right. Exactly. That's what they're going to be. Absolutely. Oh, Rick Hendrick made a comment and said, uh, I would gladly take 10 more hacks than any other drivers out there. If Denny Hamlin's basically saying that if Denny thinks that Alex Bowman is a hack, he'll take 10 more hacks. Yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Rick Hendrick also said this week, that his current roster of drivers with uh, Byron, uh, Bowman, Larson, and Elliott is the strongest lineup he's ever had. Yeah. Mm, he said so? that, man. Yeah, he said it. Well, I he said it, but what do you think? I mean, he's got to say something like that, but the man had Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon in his stable at one point in time. That's not four drivers. That's only yeah. two. That's only two. You're right. All right. You know, uh, all the drivers won, uh, won at least one race this year. You know, Bowman's got four wins. I think that's more than Denny Hamlin got this year. Yeah, so, it is. You know. And I mean, you know, speaking of wins, we got Harvick. Harvick's going to give 110% at Phoenix yep. because he hasn't won yet this year. And, you know, he doesn't want to lose that streak. He's got of winning, you know, basically every year he's been in cup. Do you think there's any uh, a factor playing into it that this is the final time they'll drive the Gen 6 car? Like Harvick wants to go out there and not only does he want to get a win on the season and, and end on a high note, but also this could be his last opportunity to win in a car he's familiar with for a year or two. Well, yeah, but I told you at the early part of the year when Stuart Haas was kind of running bad, I just didn't think they were dumping a whole lot of money into any R and D this year because they were going to save the budget for the new car. And as it turns out, they, I think he was staving the budget to start his top fuel, two teams, you know, his funny car and his dragster team. Yeah. So hmm. you know, he's spreading himself thin and you can ask Joe Gibbs. That didn't work for him. He tried that. <laughs> Earlier this week, NASCAR announced the 2022 cup series schedule start times. We're not going to go through all of them. Uh, there's a couple of changes, 
nothing really major. Kansas, both races for Kansas will be afternoon start times on Sundays. I believe they're both 3 p.m. Eastern time, so 2 p.m. Central time. Well, big change in the fall race, though. It's the week after Labor Day. September. Oh, it'll be Sunday, September 11th. Yeah. Well, that's mo- that, that moved up. Oh, man. What that's is a that? big move up. I, that shouldn't be a problem if I-80 Speedway is running. You never know. You know, that might be a some type of triple header weekend for I-80 Speedway. It might be the Bill Smith Memorial weekend or something. Yeah. yeah. Well, might and, be their, week, uh, their championship weekend or something. I know those guys like to, uh, uh, that weekend is usually wrapped up on uh, the Sunday before Labor Day. Because that race and the Sunday race of the Race Saver Nationals always overlap. And I don't get to go to both of them, which makes me mad. Um, but uh, Eagles season is over with after that Sunday. So Memorial Day. And then I-80 usually runs Friday, Saturday that weekend. But if I know Joe and if, if I-80 is running next year, he, he may tweak that schedule a little bit. They may run Friday night, but I doubt it would be a doubleheader weekend. Because yeah. he likes yeah. to go down to the Kansas race weekend too. Sometimes. Other times he don't. I don't know if he made it down there this weekend. Well, no, he did. He did. He made it down there a couple of weeks ago. Which, by the yeah. way, big big thanks to uh, to Chris Morris of Quaker Steak and Lube for letting us hang out at uh, at his camper all weekend and uh, enjoy some sights and sounds and cold beverages and good laughs and met a couple of new friends. Yeah, we can never cra- uh, thank Chris enough for what yeah. he does. Yeah. You know, I had a uh, nice talk with his dad for about 20 minutes, old fast Eddie Morris. So. Uh, God, I love that guy. Such a nice guy. Chris, too. Chris is a good oh, yeah. guy and his wife, Michelle, is so nice. And their daughters are so sweet. Good family there. Uh, again, uh, Chris Morris, owner of Quaker Steak and Lube. If you guys ever want to uh, go down there, please go down there and, and get some wings and, and just say thank you for all their support of the front stretch. We would uh, greatly appreciate it, especially this coming Sunday. I was going to say this Sunday would be a great time to start. <laughs> uh, all right. So I, I'm not, I'm, like I said, we're not going to go through all the start times. The other big thing is that, uh, between Fox, Fox Sports One, NBC, USA, uh, USA Network, more uh, more NASCAR races are going to be on the major networks of Fox and NBC, the over-the-air broadcast networks, than have been since I saw maybe 2004, I think is what I saw. Um, I didn't read the article, but I was looking at the schedule. And then I went over and I looked at the NBC page. And they've actually got 20 races, you know. I'm going to count seconds. while you're doing that. No, they, they got 20 races. I counted them. And I don't remember how many they actually are going to have straight up on NBC with the rest of them, you know, being uh, USA. And I think there was one or two on Paramount. <clears throat> but I thought they pretty much normally just split that up. Yeah, nine of them are going to be on NBC, including the final six Five races of the six, season. Six, okay. Uh, the rest are on USA. Uh, the article I'm reading doesn't have any of them on Peacock, but I understood that they were going to simulcast a couple of the races on Peacock to try to help bolster that network a little bit. Because my bet is they're going to move, they're going to move some of these USA races to Peacock in a couple of years. Yeah, well, that's that was my understanding is they were going to be off NBC altogether. But mm. as of right now, that I don't see any reason to take a handful of races off of national television. That doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So, and, uh, but yeah, I was looking at that. So, you know, it's, it's good for the people that, that don't want to pay, you know, for the premium services, mm-hmm. you know, but who knows by the, by this time next year, maybe we'll be paying for regular antenna TV. I don't know. <laughs> 
And by the way, if you guys are ever thinking about making the switch, uh, not only do I repair computers and fix them, but I'll also help you advise on doing the switch to cutting the cable. Uh, I, I helped Stan Caesar and, and his lovely wife uh, do the transition a couple of weeks back, maybe a month or two ago. And um, he said the same thing. He said it was really frightening, but just having someone that has experience with doing that switch kind of helped make the move. And they're saving themselves uh, literally a, a boatload of money uh, every year by not paying, you know, around here in, in the Omaha area, it's Cox Communications. You can pay up to 135, 160 bucks a month for, for basic services. Uh, and, and you can get YouTube TV for $59.99 a month. And uh, barring, I think there might've been one weekend I wasn't able to get the race because they were having a disagreement with NBC. They were in a contract dispute with uh, Universal. Uh, but I think they got that resolved before the race weekend. So um, that won't be an issue anymore now that they've got a multi, multi-year deal in place, but it, it just save yourself some money. And if you got any questions, just shoot me a, a, a quick message on Facebook uh, through the Taylor computers, Facebook uh, page, or through the Dan Taylor, Facebook page, my, my personal page. I'm, I'm happy to answer any questions for you guys. All right. So start times, we got those finished up. Uh, we talked about Matt McCall. We talked about Brad Kozlowski, Kyle Bush. We talked about Danny Hamlin and Alex Bowman. Um, I don't think there's anything else uh, locally, more locally. Uh, Terry Maddox is announced to be taking over ownership of the American Sprint Car Series, ASCS. Uh, that story was uh, announced back uh, a couple of weeks ago, October 25th. That was announced that he's going to take over uh, uh, ownership of the series at the conclusion of the uh, 2021 race season. So uh, that'd be kind of a nice interview to get on the show is to talk to Terry or, or at least talk to Brian Holbert who does a lot of their PR and, and PA work uh, about, about a lot coming up and what, what the future holds for the ASCS. Yeah. I mean, the series has been successful enough. I think if he goes in and makes wholesale changes, that would kind of be a mistake. Yeah. The only thing I've, I've, I've heard. And again, you know, every, though regulars to the front stretch, know that, that I, I hear things that, and a lot of it doesn't make sense, but a lot of the 360 drivers around here say that, one of the reasons why the Nebraska 360 series wasn't able to explode like it was like it should have been able to is because some of the ASCS rules make it very difficult for another touring series to be able to make the wholesale changes or the significant changes that will rein in some of these engine costs and, and, and part issues that maybe this is the opportunity the ASCS has to look at it and say, all right, we're going to lock this, this, and this down. And you guys are only going to be able to use, these headers or, or this engine or this or that or whatever, and really bring in those costs to make 360 series more affordable again. Yeah. I you're that's gotta be a gradual change because you know, all the guys that are pretty much regulars on the series might not have the, uh, the parts that conform to what are, you know, proposed to be the new rules type type of deal. And that's the last thing you want to do is, is upset your series regulars. Absolutely. There's those 10, maybe 12 guys that, that kind of, they, they've got to work with them because you don't want to lose those guys. Uh, what's the old saying? Uh, cut off your nose to spite your face. Right, deal, well, yeah. I, I don't know if that's that's the exact word, the, the right phrase to use, but you do, you are kind of, you, you are kind of subject to what those drivers want or will tolerate. Because if you lose a guy for the ASCS series, you lose a guy like, like Brian Brown, who's a big supporter of the series. It goes to a lot of the races. You don't only lose the driver, you lose the fans. So good news there. Uh, hopefully, we'll try to get those guys, uh, Terry Maddox, 
or uh, Brian Holbert on the show maybe next week to talk about what that'll what that'll do. And and just around the corner, uh, what little over a month, month and a half away is the uh, Chili Bowl. So I think I think uh, Brian will probably be doing the uh, voice work for that too. And they got uh, uh, dirt in December mm-hmm. down in the dome. I believe is December fourth. Um, I think I was reading on that, and I think, right. just, I think it's just modifieds and late models this year. Oh, no midgets. No, Rico can't go. <laughs> he is a small person. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. Uh, as much as you like saying that and giggling about it, yeah, I, I was. I, I was talking about the race cars. Yes, I, I know you were. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you were talking about Scott Bloomquist grabbing a race car by the legs and throwing him out onto the track. Don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this coming Sunday, Championship Sunday for NASCAR. Four drivers are going to be competing. Uh, the driver that finishes the best of the four will be crowned. Is that an accurate statement? There's, there's not some loophole, right? Like, I mean, I guess he could get DQ'd at the end of the night. Well, yeah. I mean, those four cars are going to go to teardown no matter where they finish. Yeah. Larson, Elliott, Hamlin, and Truex Jr. Um, By the way, thanks to those uh, emails that we got from from NASCAR. Did you see that they're doing the the randoms again that go to the R&D Center? Oh, I wasn't paying attention to those. So I've got a bunch of them. I haven't read them yet. Oh, my God. Did we get a bunch of them? Holy cow. I think it was 34 of them, I think. Man, alive. They just, like, every minute my phone was going off, and I'm like, holy shit. Um, I'm just trying to find the article again, but it was basically Kyle Larson won it at, uh, at, at Kansas. And I think it was him. And then two randoms. I know him in the 11 went, I can't remember who the third car was that went to, uh, the R and D center to get uh, further tear down. Here we go. Um, no, that's not it. But anyways, uh, yeah. Cause there was that conversation about they, um, for, uh, for a long time, it was just the inspection at the track and they didn't want the cars to come back. So to the or they they didn't have their cars come back to the R and D center, but now they're doing that again to to further tear him down. So those of you that believe Kyle Larson is cheating, his car has been torn down more than anybody else's uh, for the last season. He won nine races. I guarantee you, he got tore down at least nine times, plus his second, thirds, and fourths probably. So yep. So Larson, Elliott, Hamlin, and Truex. Who are you picking? Well, you know it's it's a tough road. I mean, Elliott was so good there last year. I mean, he won from the back. Yeah, but this is a new race and that's why they race them. It's been the last several years. The most dominant car hasn't won. So you kind of got to throw Larson out, you know, as much as I hate to say it. Yeah. I mean, I'm almost thinking Elliot's going to, you know, repeat. I really do. Yeah. I was pretty well certain that, you know, I, just the way everything's gone as good as Larson has driven, there's, there's very few ways that Larson could have lost this race, would lose this race on Sunday. That he's gonna he's gonna just dominate it as he usually does. But I saw a stat from NASCAR. I don't know if it was from NASCAR or NASCAR on Fox, NBC, whichever one. But Larson's average finish at Phoenix is twelfth. Yeah, it's a, it's not a good track for him. But he, uh, you know, what he I I didn't look. What did he do at Phoenix earlier this year in Hendrick Equipment? Larson finished seventh. Started second, finished seventh. Martin Truex Jr. won the race. So that's good news for him. Let's see. Hamlin finished third. Elliott finished fifth. And again, we talked about Larson finishing seventh. So Truex, Hamlin, Elliott, Larson, that's how they finished earlier this year at Phoenix for the four contenders in the championship. And they don't have the uh, 
qualifying order up yet in the contest because that's what I was going to look for to see if they were going to let these four guys start one, two, three, and four or what, because, yeah. you know, Larson really didn't finish up front. So, you know, he probably wouldn't start in this top six or something. Yeah. I, I imagine. I mean, they, they got to stick with the, well, you, we would think this, but then again, it's NASCAR, but you would, I would favor anything that puts Larson behind as many cars as possible. <laughs> just because yeah. again, the, the guy's just been lights out. He's so dang good. Short tracks are kind of his deal. Uh, I imagine that he is he has been working hard all this last week and maybe even for a little bit longer trying uh, racing that track in the simulator and trying to figure out how to to run it a little bit quicker. Well, yeah, short tracks aren't necessarily his deal. He didn't have much luck here at Martinsville. He didn't have, you know, yeah. Uh, I guess I was work. thinking more of just crossing over from dirt tracks, but that's not a good crossover. Yeah, no, not to Phoenix because Phoenix is unique, you know with just the way it's designed, you know, when you got a, a front straightaway because of the way they reconfigured the track, uh, you got that straightaway by the start finish line that is 63 cars wide. Yeah. And where they fan out there and go down onto the apron. That's, you know, a hundred feet wide type thing. Um, yeah. Phoenix doesn't compare to anything, you know, it's, it's its own deal. I still think Elliot, you know, and he's not, he would normally not be starting up front either because he didn't have a great Martinsville. I'm not sure where he ended up, but he definitely wasn't in the top three or four, you know. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday. You can watch every lap at Quaker Steak and Lube for the Phoenix Championship viewing party and the end of the Rick Havenridge pickups contest for the season. Uh, the, uh, we will, again, we'll pick uh, several winners for, uh, or we'll pick the winner of that. We'll, We'll crown a winner of our championship pickings contest. And then in uh, February for the Daytona 500 party, we will have our trophy award ceremony with Rick and, and Patsy and all the great people. So uh, make sure you head down this Sunday. Again, we are, uh, it, it opens up at 11. So get there whenever you want to. We're going to start uh, setting up at about noon and then everything's going to get rolling at about 1230 prizes to be given away during the race. Every couple of commercial breaks, um, Lots of opportunities to win cash, to win uh, uh, gift cards, and all sorts of great stuff at Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, make sure you get down to Quaker Steak and Lube for the Pick'em's Contest Championship and the uh, NASCAR Cup Series Championship. And uh, head over to uh, Joe's Karting a little bit earlier and go to the uh, Racing with the Stars. Uh, anything, there, uh, we learned? anything we missed? Is Dan's butt going to be on fire late Sunday? Nope. Definitely not, uh, because I have uh, obligations later that night that I, I don't want to be uh, in pain over. So we're uh, I think we're going to wait a little bit. Maybe I, I thought about doing it. Maybe when we start doing the uh, Monday night um, interview sessions with all the champions, which we got to get cracking on. I keep putting that off. Um, so I might do it at the end of one of those nights. Maybe if we can uh, talk to Chris and see if Chris maybe on December 4th might get the dome race or something. Yeah. Maybe have another little party, a little gathering, and uh, let you toast your buns on that one. Sounds good to me. That'd be fun. All right, guys. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Is there anything, Dirk, you can think we missed? Uh, not right off the top of my head, no. All right. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. Make sure to like and share the front stretch and follow us on your favorite source for podcasts. And we will get, uh, and, and that way we can keep growing. And uh, make sure to like and follow the Front Stretch Facebook page for all the latest announcements. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube, Joe's Carding, Rick Havenridge 
of Wealth Partners. Find out what Rick could do for you today, rickhavenridgeadvice.com and Tailored Computers and Repair. For Dirk Houston, I'm Dan Taylor. This has been the Front Stretch presented by Joe's Carding. The official watering hole of the Front Stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is Happy Hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are Kids' Night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Taylor Computers and Repair, and I got another laptop for you that I think is going to go over great. Now this one I think is going to be perfect for a student, whether it be high school or college, because it's a 14-inch HP ProBook 640G2 that has been upgraded to a 240-gig solid-state hard drive. This also boasts an Intel i3 2.3 gigahertz processor, and it comes with 8 gigs of RAM and is a Windows 10 Pro. One thing that it comes with that I haven't mentioned yet that is going to be perfect for a student is the fingerprint scanner. It's another level of security that you can take advantage of today. Now, if you want to get more information about this HP 14-inch ProBook 640 G2 for just $450, you can always reach out to me at Tailored Computers and Repair on Facebook.